Good morning and welcome to Destiny Church. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you will stand to your feet so that we may go into a moment of prayer. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for this glorious opportunity that you have given us to come once again into your house, to come in and to fellowship with one another, but most importantly, to fellowship with you. We thank you, Father God, for this freedom. We thank you, Father God, for this privilege and this honor that we have to come into your presence, Father God. And we thank you, Lord. We lift you up, Father God. We glorify you, oh God. Your, your word says that your pray, you inhabit the praises of your people, so we uplift your name right now. Father God. Hallelujah, Lord. Glory. You are glorious, oh God. You are wonderful and you are worthy of all praise, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for this time. We thank you, oh God. In your son Jesus' name, we bind up any and every enemy spirit that will come in and try to minister to your people on today. We thank you, Father God, that your Holy Spirit will minister as we, you, we are praising, as we are listening to the word, Father God. Your rhema word will begin to uh, give understanding and revelation I thank you right now, Father God, that you are in this place because you came in in the hearts and in the minds of your people, Father God. We aren't waiting for you. We brought you in with us, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we will dedicate this time to you, not as a one-off, Father God, a one-day-a-week and then we're good, but this is a continuation of everything that we do throughout the week to honor you and to praise you and to glorify. When we spend time with you, when we come in here, this is just a public outpouring of what we do in private. Father God, and if we have not gotten to that place, Lord, stir it up. Stir up that hunger within us, Father God. Stir up that desire within us so that when we come before you in private, Lord, we have the enthusiasm, we have the vim and the vigor to glorify you, God. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. It is a glorious time that we can come in, Father God. It is a wonderful time that we can come in and not ask anything of you, not demand anything of you, but simply to worship you for who you are. You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the one who was, who is, and who is to come. You, Father God, know our end from our beginning and every moment in between, Father. We don't have to wonder what is going on. All we have to do is look to you. You will be the light unto our feet and the lamp unto our path. You will never leave us nor forsake us nor leave our seed begging for bread. You will give us a legacy, oh God. You will give us a lineage, Father God, one of peace, one of hope, one of glory, and one of praise, oh God. We thank you, Father God, that we can look to you for anything. We can look to you for truth, for you are the same, Father God. Your word does not change. Your standard does not change, Father God. When everything around us begins to shift and move and the wind blows, oh God, we can stand on the solid rock of your word, Father God. We are sure-footed, Lord, as we climb up that mountain into your presence, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We glorify you, God, on this day. We praise you, Lord. You are worthy, O oh God. Hallelujah. Lift up your voices, O oh, you people. Lift up your voices and praise your Father in heaven. Glorify him, not for what he has done, but simply because of who he is. He is the Lord God, strong and mighty. The Lord God, mighty in battle. He is Jehovah Shalom. begin to seek you and know every aspect of you, Father God. 
just igniting us a hunger never to stop, never to cease pursuing. And I thank you, Father God. You don't play hide and seek. You don't play games with your people. You are right there waiting to be found. We thank you, oh God. And now we begin to praise you. We will go into this time of praise and worship. We thank you, oh God. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Hallelujah.
Found you worthy. I found you worthy. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 you're worthy. Has he kept you? He's worthy. <laughs> Show up in your worthiness, God.
listen, we're just not going to rush this worthy moment. He put breath in your lungs. He put food on the table. He put clothes on your back. So we find you work. like the Lord in all the earth. Matchless love and beauty, endless worth. Nothing in this world can satisfy. But Jesus, you're the cup that won't You're my color, won't
come on. He's so holy, holy. Come on. Come on. If he's holy, come on. Just lift him up here for a second. Come on. We love you, Lord. Come on, Father. Hallelujah. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. it's our second week of the month and man we get to we get to come to him right now and we get to honor him and it's communion sunday so we call that the the lord's supper um so while we're just sitting here worshiping in his presence if you need an element if you need an element just a, a communion cup please let us know pull that out our ushers will bring you one if you need one this is so good remember communion as we talk about this and and we just let the holy spirit move this is something that christ followers we, we take communion we would like to honor him with our communion and we're going to do that this morning first corinthians 11 27 through 28 says for this reason whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the lord in the wrong spirit in the wrong spirit will be guilty of dishonoring the body and the blood of the lord so let each individual first evaluate his own attitude and then eat the bread and drink the cup. So before we even get into this, I want you to, to take a deep look inside. Whatever you have, anything that's going on that, that you need to surrender to God this morning, we need to just take a little moment. I just need you to cry out to him inside. Just cry out to him in your heart. Cry out to him out loud, however you want it. But we're going to clear our hearts. We're going to clear our minds as we get prepared to take communion. Come on, holy. Work on us, God. Teach us how to love you, God. Teach us how to be more like you. So on the night before he died, Jesus shared in his final meal with his disciples that during the meal Jesus gave to his disciples for all time a special way of remembering him. We call it communion. And as bread is broken and shared and juice is poured out, Jesus commands us to do this in remembrance of me. So this is something we should do in remembrance of him. And look, if you're online at home, this is something you can do at home all the time. You don't have to wait to do it at church. You don't have to wait to do it. You can do it at home. So I recommend right now, if you're at home, gather your family around. Find anything. It doesn't have to be this. It can be juice. It can be water. Whatever you want, um, you pull that out. I don't, if it's milk and cookies, let's, let's, let's do it. Just pull it out. We're going to honor him this morning. So, so what it is is the bread's broken into pieces as a sign of Jesus' body on the cross, okay? And the juice is poured out to represent his blood that he shed on the cross for us. And they remind us that he set us free. He set us free. When you think of everything you've done in your life and all the sin that's happened and all the sin that, that we continue to do, and we understand from the bottom of our heart that, that we need to understand this, that the price of sin is death. The price of sin is death. But he said, I will give my life for you. So somebody has to pay that price. And he says, I'm going to do it. And he gave his life on the cross for us. And that's what we're honoring this morning is to remember him, to remember what he's done. So in 1 Corinthians 23 through 26, it says, I've handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself the same night in which he was handed over he took bread and gave thanks 
then he distributed it to his disciples and said, Take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given to you. Do this and remember and remember me. So as we pull open and you can pull your, your little wafer that represents the bread, which represents the body. And it was broken. It was broken for us. Oh, so let's pray. Father, Father, we give you thanks. We thank you, Lord. Father, this blood represents the body of Jesus Christ, the bread of life, God. We thank you that, that Christ lives in us, Father God, through, through your Holy Spirit, God. So now we receive the bread, the body of Jesus, broken for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and take your bread. He did the same with the cup of wine after supper and said, this cup seals the new covenant with my blood. Drink it, and whenever you drink this, do it to remember me. So I'll raise our juice and pray. God, we give you thanks for this juice, Father. We ask you to bless it as a symbol of Christ's blood, shed for the forgiveness of our sins. God, we thank you for his sacrifice. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may take the juice. It says in 26 that whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're retelling the story, proclaiming our Lord's death until he comes. Proclaiming his death. So come on, we're going to continue to worship this morning. Uh, just, man, let's just sink in and let's see what God wants to do in this place as we surrender to him. Nothing in this world could ever just keep me from you. I am not with you. Nothing in this world could ever keep me from you.
know, I think one of the biggest things is that we're crying out, God, have your way. And, and believe it or not, that's the one thing he wants us to cry out. He just wants us to let him rule our lives. He just wants us to surrender to him. That's all he wants. So if you ever want to please God, cry out, God, have your way. Have everything. Have it your way, God. We surrender to you. Have your will in our families, in our homes. Father God, in our schools, in this city, in this country, God, have your way. We surrender to him. Come on. Oh, holy.
Come on, let's give it up for him. Come on. Oh, no. Come on. If you want him to have his way in your life, let's lift up a shout of praise in the house. Come on, let's give him what a king deserves this morning. We love you, Jesus. Come on, Yahweh. We love you, Lord. Yes, Lord. <laughs> Woo, come on. Yes, Lord. Come on. So good. So good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, welcome to Destiny Church this morning. Is everybody fired up? Come on, it's a good morning. Everybody fired it up? Woo, come on, can we give it up for our worship team this morning? Come on. Oh, so good, so good. So good, yeah. Woo, Kevin's playing hard back there. Got blisters on his hands. So good, so good, man. We love you. Uh, we thank you guys so much. Get, you know, do me a favor. I want you to go around and find somebody you hadn't seen in a while, somebody you don't know. Tell them hello. Tell them you love them, and we'll be right back. Come on. i 
good morning. Destiny, how's everybody doing? Come on, you can get louder than that. How you doing? You love your church? Come on, if you love that. Okay, even better, if you love Jesus, can we get loud in the house? Come on, there we go. That's all it takes. Come on, that's where we should probably start right there. That's so good. Uh, thank you all for coming out this morning. Uh, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Man, we thank you all. We love you all. It's so good. Uh, God is doing so many good things. So thank you for tuning in online. We know you guys are sitting at home and taking care of business. So we love you, and we thank you for tuning in. You know, big shout out to uh, our worship leader this morning, uh, AJ and Chelsea Warren. Come on, let's give it... Man, they're all the way from Sampson, Alabama, came up this morning to join us. Man, just phenomenal uh, what he does in the kingdom. He's just, man, I love your kingdom mindedness, brother. It is so good. You know, he is, uh, he coordinates a lot of the worship for David's tent in Alabama. So if you haven't been part of that, where it's just, I think this year was 40 days down here and uh, 40 days of straight worship and prayer. So, you know, we got our worship team got to be part of that. We got to be part of that as a church and and man, you just do a lot of things in the kingdom, brother. So I appreciate you to to, to come and bless us this morning. So good, man. Thank you so much. Um, so awesome, man. What a good morning, man. I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I, I don't even know. I don't even know if I want to preach right now. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> come on, so yeah. If you're, if you're online, come on, share this link, get it out there. Uh, reach out to our prayer team if you need some prayer. You're not in this alone. We understand why you can't be here. So. So please reach out. If you need prayer, let us know uh, so we can pray for you and we can take care of you. Um, look, if you're new to the church, first time, first time in a long time, fill out a Connect card for us. Uh, there, if you raise your hand, we can get you one or you can pick one up at Connection Point, which is the big wooden desk out in the foyer. Uh, let us know you came. Uh, if, if we know you're here, then we know how to reach out to you. If we know you're here, we can we can thank you for being here. We can pray for you. We can, we can definitely reach out to you and talk to you about our church, talk to you about what's going on and what God wants to do in your life. So that's important, but we can't do it if you don't fill it out. So take a little bit of time. Guys, we are in our, I believe it's our seventh. Is it our seventh day or eighth day of the fast? Come on. Seven, I'm trying to hurry it up. No. Um, come on, man. <laughs> So, so like the seventh day of our 21-day fast, right in the middle of it. Come on, how's everybody doing? Uh, yeah, I see the excitement in the room. Man, it is so good. When we obey God, what he does, he just starts showing up. So this is all part of that. This is about seeking him more. This is about leaning in. This is about saying, I'm going to sacrifice uh, the worldly things so I can draw closer to God. So, man, this is so good. So don't miss out on this. Don't miss out. Look, and if you didn't start it because you didn't know about it, that's fine. So you can start it now. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to wait until we do this again. So if you hadn't started, just start with us now. Join in with us now. We, we want you to be part of this. It's a corporate fast so, so we can come together. And we actually come together on Monday nights to pray. So if you want to be here on Monday nights, come on out and support this on Monday nights. Um, look, we, we all need to get together and pray together. Uh, we do. And sometimes we have live worship. Sometimes it's just uh, music we play through the, the computer. But I'm telling you, no matter what, we need you here. Okay, as a family, we need to pray together. As a family, we need to do this together. But I understand because there are obligations, and that's cool. We understand that. But if at 6 o'clock on Mondays you can't be here, please join us in prayer from your house. Please just take a moment wherever you're at and just lift up prayer because we need to be doing it in unity. That's the whole purpose of this. We're trying to become one with him and have unity and oneness with him. So if, wherever you're at at 6 o'clock on Monday, I want you to stop your car and, well, don't stop it in the middle of the highway. You know, I don't know where you're going to be at. Just pray. Uh, we want you to pray with us. So, so important. 
Um, and then Tuesday, come on out for Tuesday at the table. Look, Tuesday at the table is our midweek service. It's phenomenal. A lot of amazing teaching going on. And sometimes when you come to the table, you have no clue who's teaching it. <laughs> and you have no clue what you're going to get. But you're going to be fed, but not with food. If you want food, bring it. <laughs> But we're not going to provide it, but it is a good Tuesday night. That is our midweek service. So if you want to come in, it's more intimate. It's a Bible study. It's, it's digging deep into it. It's actually hearing about a lot of stuff that, um, that is just in the Bible that sometimes people don't talk about. So it's really good stuff uh, to learn. So it's a good foundation, and that's what we're doing it for, to build a foundation. Um, so, so that we can stand strong in our walk with him. Uh, then on Wednesday night, our Destiny Kids Ministry and Student Ministry, Wednesday at 6. Come on, I've got, I've got one person cheer. Kevin, that's your team. So yeah, I'm going to cheer for the students because we love you, bro. And you're doing a phenomenal job with our teens and our students. Come on, uh, we love you guys. Uh, we have our young adults on Friday at 6 o'clock. So if you have young adults 18 through 28, show up here uh, at 6 o'clock on Fridays. And we have Brandon and Nicole. Guy, they, they are heading that up. They're doing phenomenal jobs as leaders and really helping out and doing what they need to do to help connect our young adults. I'm telling you, you cannot do life alone. And it doesn't matter what age group you're in, you cannot do this alone. You've got to be together. Uh, we've got to come together. And that's going to help us grow. Um, good news is coming up at the end of February, our small groups are starting again. Come on. We love small groups. Look, I got a little more of that time. That's good. I'm going to find something that y'all like. I'll just keep giving an announcements about something until everybody cheers. Um, but yeah, our small groups will be starting up. So if you want to start a small group, now's the time to get that information to us. Let us know. Contact the church. Say, hey, I want to start a small group so we can walk through that. It's so important that we know so we can get some training in there. Uh, we've got all kinds of new stuff happening right now at the church with, with the church management systems and stuff. So things are changing. So we have to make sure we train people and get people ready. But look, this is how we come together as a church. Not everybody can be here on a Sunday because, you know, sometimes it's, it's, the, it's how many people are in a room together or, or or what they feel comfortable with. But when you, when you reduce that down to just a few people, it makes it easier. That's why small groups are so important. So, so we're going to get small groups together starting back up. You know, I'll even give myself a plug. I'm going to be doing God Guns and Gravy on Saturday. So if you want to come out, shoot some guns, and eat breakfast on Saturday morning and get the word, then we're going to be doing that. So look forward to that because I am. It's going to be fun. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is our XO Conference 2021. We have our Marriage Conference 2021. Coming up February 12th and 13th. February 12th and 13th, right here. Uh, so what we do is uh, we clear out everything in here. We're going to bring in some nice, these, you know, these little smaller tables this year, a little more intimate for, for the couples. And we're going to have probably 40 or 50 of them tables in here. And we're going to come together. And, man, we're, we're just going to have a blast. If, you, if you've ever been to XO Conference, it is fun. It is awesome. We get to grow in our marriages. This is so important that you come out and experience what, what God's trying to give us right here. So it's a two-day event. So it's a Friday and a Saturday, but it's a Friday evening starting around 6 and then it's a Saturday from about 9 to 3. Okay, right now we're trying to work out child care. So uh, um, we're trying to get child care provided here so that you can just drop your kids off and not worry about that. If you, if you don't want to come to the, uh, the conference, but you do want to help with child care, that'd be great. We're looking for some people that can step up in that area. Um, but look, this is for everybody. So invite everybody. You can invite people. We're going to be inviting other churches. We're going to be, so this is what we know already, just even with our church, if we looked at who came last year and, and, and all that stuff, we were probably sitting around 30 some odd tables already. And, and I'm inviting five other churches, so it's going to be, we're going to get to a size where I can't take anymore. So the sooner you sign up, the better. Okay, because when it's full, it's full. So if you wait on it, you just don't get in. You, you, you just don't get it. You have to wait till next year and sign up earlier. It's just how it works. 
Okay, we might throw in a couple extra chairs and table, but we'll find a way. But I'm just telling you, I need you to sign up. You can go online and sign up. It's $60 a couple. So that's $30 each. It comes with meals on Friday, meals on Saturday, um, all kinds of good stuff. We're going to have a blast. It's going to be a good time. So come on out, uh, and let's work on our marriages. I think it's perfect timing, especially that we're in this uh, relationship series that, that we're going to be in either <laughs> – my, my goal was to be finished by then, but we might be in the middle of the series by then. So it's going to be really good to get more information piled on top of, of what you already get in the upcoming week. So, so it's powerful. Whew. All right, let's pray and get into a message. You guys ready to hear the word? That's the best shot I had all day. Come on. All right, Father, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that we get to gather together, God. And, Father, we just thank you that, that we get to do this, God. We just worship you. We love you, Lord. Father, I ask you to touch my heart. Father, just touch my heart and, let, and just speak to me, God. Let it be your words, not mine, that come out of my mouth and land on the ears of those that need to hear it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on. So, so we are in a series. Um, I'm sorry. Video. Oh, yeah, there's a video. Thank you, Holly. My production team. Let's give it up for the production team. XO Conference video showing right now. <laughs> Women become in an atmosphere of security. Men become in an atmosphere of honor. Because we cannot reach our full potential without each other. You're not pursuing your wife as the treasure she is with your whole heart, man. You are missing out. Your wife needs and deserves your whole heart. Husbands are our treasure too. Whatever we put our effort to, whatever we give our time, our resources to, that's gonna become the treasure in our life. You can experience your freedom. You can experience forgiveness that is not of this world. You're going to experience it in His time for His glory. But in the meantime, don't miss it. Doesn't that look good? Come on, that looks good, guys. I'm fired up about that. I'm excited to see what God wants to do. It's going to be good. We live stream it in. Um, actually simulcast it in, but they actually just shifted their time so we could potentially live stream it if we needed to. Uh, but it's right here, so it's powerful. It's a great opportunity to come out and just pour into your marriage. You know, marriage takes investment. You need to invest in what you want. You, you, you'll go out and invest in a car because you think it's a better car, but, man, we won't put a dime into our marriage, so we need to invest in, in something that's going to be there for, for eternity. So, right, we, we need to push this out there until, until it's over with. Come on. That's what I love. So we are in this series called One. Uh, and it's all about uh, unity. It's about oneness uh, with God. And when we when we kick this off, you know, this this is all about oneness, not only with God, with our with our family and our relationships. It's oneness in a church, oneness with other churches. So oneness in the kingdom. That's what this is all about. This whole series is about that. But you know, we started a couple weeks ago, kicking it off with oneness with the Lord. So it was all about how do we, right? How do we? Stay in contact, stay in communication, stay close to him. Because if we can't establish a relationship with him, which is where it all starts, we can't do anything else. So, so you need as an individual to seek God with all your heart. As an individual, you need to surrender to him. It's not up to your spouse to do it for you. It's all you. It's not up to, to your neighbor. It's not up to your mom or dad. You need to find a way to seek God with all of your heart. And when you do that, then that, that allows you that allows you, once you do that, to pour into other areas. 
It allows him to touch your marriage. It allows him to touch your job sites. It allows him to touch your school. It allows him to do those things. But we have to seek him first in everything we do. So last week, we kind of got a, a hodgepodge of information thrown out there. Like, I don't even know, like, what was going on last week. Uh, like, I had all this stuff, you know, as a table of contents of information about what we're going to get over the next couple of weeks. But, uh, man, there was just so much I didn't even know where to stop. So you're going to get, hopefully, some of that today. Um, but, man, it was, it was good. It was powerful. Hopefully it got you prepared for this. So if you know anybody, uh, if you know anybody that, that, that is working on a relationship, this is, even though we're talking about relationship and today marriage, it doesn't mean that this doesn't apply to single people. It doesn't. This is all great tools for your tool bag to understand. If I'm searching for a relationship, these are the things I need. This is the stuff I need to focus on. These are the priorities on my list. And when you match those priorities, it gives you a better idea of what you're walking into. And then you let God bless the entire thing, which is phenomenal. So, so we also last week discussed all kinds of things. It was relationships with spouse, kids, parents, siblings. We talked about the difference between a man and a woman. We threw in some commitment versus contract, right? We threw some of that out there. A whole bunch more. Uh, we jumped in a whole bunch more. So today we're going to talk about oneness in marriage. Um, I want to go to our go-to verse. This is like the verse that kind of fired this whole thing up for me. Um, and I really thought it was just going to be talking about unity in our church as a vision for this year, but it really turned into how God can be part of everything, and we need to make him part of everything. We need to be one in this. So it's out of Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. So if you have your Bibles, if not, it'll be up on the screen. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. It says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient and bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Through the bond of peace. Look, I, I love this because this applies to your marriage. This applies to your marriage. Being humble, gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love, and keeping peace. Look, if we can apply that to our marriages, how much better would it be? If we can just take the word and, and induce it and, and, and infuse it into our marriage. So it's so good. So what we do, uh, this is important because what you do with your lives, what you do in your marriage matters to God. How you treat your spouses matters to God. Okay, th this all matters to God. So how we represent him matters to him. And that's so important. So we can always do better. We have to work on our relationships. That's why marriage is called what? Work. That's how you spell marriage, W-O-R-K. If you think it's going to be easy, if you said, man, my parents look amazing, I'm going to go get married because that looks awesome. Then you get married and you're like, what just happened? It doesn't look anything like they just had. So what's going on? It's because it takes work. You've got to pour into it. You've got to feed it. You've got you, to invest in it. You've got to work on it. It just takes work. Okay, so the biggest problems, you know, which is good, and I kind of got this, I did a, did a survey online, looked around, and some of the biggest problems we found out in all marriages falls under three categories. Three categories. Sex, money, and communication or conflict. Sex, money, communication, and conflict. So, and these are all things we need in our life, but these are all problems we face in our marriage. Okay, so it's so important we understand that. We, we need healthy doses of all this problem is it, it gets unhealthy and, and and some things you get too much of some things you don't get enough of and all of a sudden there's chaos in your family and things start breaking down and you start wondering what's going on and all of a sudden you start blaming each other and the next thing you know you're separated and you're doing your own thing okay this is where God says bring it back together let's do this together so um man so we need to keep focused on on the the one thing so today I want to focus on the one out of those three that affects everything 
It's the one out of those three that can make a change in your life that, that it will fix everything else, okay? And that is communication and conflict. I know all the guys were saying, sex, we're going to talk about No, we're not. Kind of hit that last week a little bit. We'll, get, we'll jump into that later. But they're like, that would fix everything in my life. No, no, it won't. No, it won't. I'm telling you, you, you look, you have to have communication to have sex. Okay, just how it is. It's verbal, nonverbal. Look, and here's the thing. You could have all the money. So if it was finances, guess what? You could have all the money in the world. But if you can't communicate, if you can't be on the same page, one, it's going to disappear. One, you're not going to know what to do with it. Then you're not pleasing God with it. And next thing you know, it's going to cause division in your family. Okay, so, so, so money's not the answer, but it causes problem. Communication can fix it all. Communication can be there. So my goal today, unless I get sidetracked, is to try to stay focused on communication, uh, try to finish up the communication side today and jump into the conflict side uh, next week, okay, if I can do that. Now, I could probably go on for weeks about communication, so I might not get through it all, and we might just come back next week and talk about communication too. I don't know. We're going to see. So I just look at the world we live in today when it comes to communication. We have so much. I mean, think about it. We have cell phones and we have iPads and computers and, and pagers and, you know, <laughs> all those fun things we used to have, right? We, we have all these things in life, uh, social media, so we can reach out, connect, and communicate with people. I mean, we're really good at that. We're really good at staying connected to um, our old friends. Uh, we're good at staying connected to our new friends on social media. Man, we are, you know, the world is set up so everybody can communicate. Look, we don't even have to go to work, some of us, because you can work from home because of communication now. You can just zoom in, right? So, so the world's changing and all this communication is there. It just depends on how are you going to use it? Are you using it wisely? Because here's the thing, there's people that will go out. You know, I saw on a, it was a shark tank. I saw this thing where this lady built a, a collar for her dog that, that you could speak into it. It would record your voice with answers, like, in other words, if you ever ask your dog to do something, it, when you said it, it would key an answer and it would come out of the collar like you're speaking to your, your dog. Look, I'm telling you, there, there's, we, we, we are so concerned with our pets. You know, we, we, can, we can communicate at work. We can communicate, you know, in an elevator. We can communicate at church. We can do it all over the place. We, we, we can even reach all the way back to high school, college friends, and we can communicate with them. But, man, we fail. This is where we fail. We fail to communicate with the most important people in our lives. Out of the one billion people in the world, the person you chose to spend your life with, we cannot communicate. We fail to communicate when it comes to our spouses with everything that's out there. So, so you know, it's almost like God's saying, I'm making it easy. Like, like I'm giving you everything you can to communicate and we keep finding a way to mess it up. So, so that's what we're gonna talk about today. It gets to the point, I think, even where we get to meals, you know, sometimes it's hard to go out and have a dinner together without your phone ringing and you picking it up, without a buzz going on and you checking it and saying, well, what's going on? It's hard to have a meal at home without your kids on a cell phone or you on your cell phone or something going on, even television or something. When's the last time you actually sat down to a table and said, let's just have dinner and communicate and just talk? Can we just talk about what's going on in our life? You know, I, this is what I get out of that. It's a... I grew up in an era where you had um, telephones that hung on the wall. 
and they were just like little rotary things, and you turned them, so um, you couldn't see who was calling. But back then, they came out with this cool thing called call waiting. So, so you could pick up the phone and, and pay like $2 extra a month to get this, and it was like if, the, if someone tried to call you, they would no longer get the busy signal. See, it used to be if you're on the phone, they just get a busy signal. You can't talk to anybody. So that used to be our on hold, right? If you didn't want to talk to anybody, you just pull the phone off and hang it on top, and then nobody could bother you. Okay, but you had this, you, you had this and it was call waiting, so you'd be talking to somebody, and you'd hear this beep, and you're like, uh-oh, someone's trying to call me. And now you can't figure out who it is. So you have a decision to make at that point. Is the person you're talking to more important than the person you think you could be talking to? Yeah, that can be dangerous because you don't know who it is, right? But you don't know who it is. So you had to make a choice. You, you had to make a, church, a choice on that. And, and I think we, we do that all the time. We do this all the time. You know, we'll stare at our phone. You know, we'll be talking with our spouses and the phone will buzz. But unfortunately, we can look down and see who it is. And we want to look. Oh, but this is important. And, you know, when that word comes out of your mouth, this is important. What you're telling the person on the other side of the communication is you're not. That this phone call, this text message is more important than anything you're about to tell me. That's what it is. That's what you're telling them. So if you're watching a movie, it doesn't matter. If you're spending time together, you could be riding in the car. And you just got that moment to ride in the car together. And what's happening? One person's on their phone. The other one's driving. Hopefully the other one driving isn't on the phone too. Hopefully you're helping each other out a little bit. Uh, but, but that's what happens. You know, it's, it's, you need to understand that communication is the connection. So if you want a connection in your marriage, it takes communication. You've got to be able to sit down and actually talk. Okay, so um, I'm telling you, when you're not talking to your spouse, it can lead to chaos. Trust me, it can lead to chaos if you're not communicating with your spouse. And I know you think, well, there's times I just don't want to communicate. Well, that's okay. Um, but there's going to be times when you really want to uh, and you need to all the time is to keep communication. You know, in James 1, 119, if you want to go there, this is the problem. We all want to communicate. We just don't know how. So in James 1.19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Okay? So, so it's quick to listen. Quick to listen. What does that mean? Well, for one, men, your wives want to be heard. I'm just picking on the men right now. Don't worry. I'm going to pick on everybody by the time we're out of here. But this is it. Your wives want to be heard. You need to be quick to listen. Um, well, sometimes listening is the only thing that's going to keep you out of trouble. Right? You need to listen, okay, listen intently and let them know that you care about them. And that goes both ways. It's just not wives and husbands. But here's my thing. Husbands, if you don't think so, check it out. There are men out there that are deceitful. And guess what? They want your wife if you don't think that. And you know how they're going to get them? They're not going to get them because they look good and all that stuff. They're going to get them because they're going to talk to your wife. And they're going to listen to her. That's what they're going to do. They're going to actually listen to what she says. And they're going to give her feedback. And they're just going to kind of nod their head and make her feel like she's so important. It's out there. That's what happens. And a lot of times it happens because there's no communication. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody wants to be heard. Everybody needs to be heard. Okay, and it's so important that you understand that about your spouse. So, and you just got to focus on that. Communication is, is a natural desire. That's what it is. You, you just want to be heard sometimes when you talk. So, so you need to be, first thing is you need to be quick to listen. The second thing you need 
is to be slow to speak. You need to be slow to speak because sometimes we're going to say something we regret. Anybody ever done that? Yep, come on. Like, it is so, so easy to, to say something you regret. You ever met those people that, that you start telling a story and they cut you off in the middle of your story so they can share their story? Like, they didn't hear one bit other than what you were talking about that triggered something in their mind. They didn't listen the whole time. You know, or, or you even do that with your spouse. So you, you come home and your spouse starts talking and telling you about something. You guys might go out to dinner and they start telling you something. And, and maybe they'll say something about you. I don't know what it is. But what happens is you start figuring out in your head, trying to figure out what they're saying. And then if it's something about you, you're coming up with a response, right? So you're like, oh, if I could just come up with a response for that, I don't want to forget that. I need to remember that. And the whole time they're still talking and you didn't hear anything. You heard nothing because you were so concerned about what you were going to say, right? You, you, you totally disregarded what they had to say. That's why it says quick to listen and slow to speak. And I tell you, and for me, it's really, uh, it's really bad because I've become witty over the years. You know, I play with words all the time. So when, when, when somebody says something, I'm like, ooh, and I want to throw it out like a dart, but I forget darts hurt, you know? So I have to pause, you know, I have to pause and I have to go, okay, you know, there's a, there's a space between my mouth and my, and my brain for a reason. There's a filter in there, right? There's a filter in there. There's supposed to be. If you don't have one in there, it's probably because you filled it up one time and then threw it out and never replaced it. So I'm telling you, go buy a HEPA filter. Put something in there that's solid because what happens to me is sometimes I'll get it. It'll flow right out. And I'm like, oh, I just said that. That's not good. And then, then you see the hurt that, that those words cause because here's the thing, words hurt. They do, and you can't take them back when you speak them. You can't take them back when you speak them. Man, so, so we got to be very quick, you know, to uh, quick to listen, slow to speak. And then the last thing is slow to become angry. And become angry means getting your way. It's really like a wrath type of thing here. It's, 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 you have to be slow to become angry. See, we have a tendency to, to just want to lead the conversation and have it our way or the highway, Right, And then we think that if we just raise our voice, that the loudest voice is going to be heard. And then what happens in a, in a relationship is one raises it, the other one raises it. Next thing you know, you're both screaming. You have no clue what you're screaming about. And nobody's come up with any answers. And all you did was hurt the other person. All right? So, so we need to, to slow to become angry. Okay? Yelling and screaming doesn't mean they can understand you better. <laughs> and even for those that you, maybe you say, well, but I'm just... I'm just built different. I'm short fused. I got a short fuse and they just, look, doesn't say that in the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> so you need to check that out. You need to figure out what the fruit of the spirit are because it's supposed to be displayed in your life. So if you struggle with those areas, well, I need you to start praying about that and start figuring out how can you make that better? It, that starts with the oneness with God. That's why I'm saying it all starts there. So if you struggle in those areas, man, I'm telling you, because when you're angry, you're going to make the, the best speech, speech you're ever going to regret is going to be when you're angry. Because you're going to say it, and you're going to be like, that was so good. And like 15 minutes later, you're going to be like, oh, wow. I just destroyed a relationship. That person's never going to talk to me again because I just vented on them because I got angry. So, all right. Whew. That kind of went off the other side. Um, but let's get into communication. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what's communication? This is kind of important. What is communication? So I just got a definition. It says the imparting or exchanging of information by speaking, writing, or using some other medium. The successful um, um, 
successful sharing of ideas and feelings. That is communication. Um, so all communication, for me, it's like this. All communication as a sender, a message, and a recipient. So, so in other words, it takes somebody to say something. Then they're saying a message to somebody. And then it has to land on somebody's ear. But then the fourth thing is there has to be a response. See, good communication has all four of those things. It has a sender, a message, a recipient, and a response. Okay, that's active, active communication. So what that means is there should be, there should be feedback. And, and this is important because communication comes in different ways. You have verbal communication, right, where you should be talking, and you can do that, you know, via the phone, via video, whatever it is. And then you have nonverbal, which is the body language, the gestures, like, like the way you dress, the way you act, where you stand, even maybe our scent. These are nonverbal communications. And, 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 and what happens in our life is that we forget, like I forget about my nonverbals. Because I can sit in staff meeting and, and somebody can say something and one eyebrow goes up, the other eyebrow goes down, and, I, and they're like, you, you disagree? I'm like, what are you talking about? They're like, yeah, your whole face just, just, just changed. And I'm like, oh, man, I got to get better at that, right? <laughs> I got to get better at holding all those things in. But, but it's, so, it's so easy. We got to watch our nonverbals because we can't see them. But other people can, and your nonverbal will do the same thing. It'll communicate. And sometimes it'll communicate the wrong thing. Right, the wrong thing, and that, that's so. Like I love it when it talks about this, because, you know, my baby, I, I love your perfume, man. She'll put that on. And I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a good day. She got the good perfume on, and she's like, look, I'm just going out to the store or something. And it's like, no, that's not, that was the wrong communication that I was getting with the with the perfume. So um, <laughs> I assume it's like this. Like communication's like a tennis match. Think of it this way: it's like a tennis match. If you ever played tennis with somebody. Okay, one, you can play it with doubles, so there could be four. And so there's all kinds of people can be in communication. But if you just take your buddy um, or your friend out to play tennis, and it's just the two of you, and you open up and you've got six tennis balls, and you sit on one side and your buddy hits the ball to you, you catch it and put it in your pocket. Then he does it again. And he goes through all six balls, and you got all these tennis balls in your pocket, and you're just standing there. He's like, what are you doing? Like, he's getting frustrated. He's like, this is not tennis. You're supposed to hit it back. Like, like, quit keeping them, hit them back, you know, but that's exactly how communication is. You've got to hit it back, right? So, so when somebody talks to you, you should be giving them feedback. It's a two-way conversation. It's just not, hey, uh, do this, 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 and you don't hear anything, and you're like, well, did you get it? Did you understand? And then all of a sudden, the nonverbals come in, then the voice raises a little bit. Next thing you know, you got an argument. That's how it looks, so, so it's so hard, uh, but it doesn't work like that. So, two-way conversation, and you know, other than that, you kind of sit there and you get the blank stare, and the blank stare is never good. You know, my wife in communication, she has learned, she'll start talking, and then she'll start asking me questions. Oh, that's the worst. Talk about putting somebody on the spot. You're like, yeah, baby, I'm listening to you. Good. What did I say? <laughs> like, um, I know it had something to do with something, you know. You just, you have to all of a sudden start backtracking going, I know, I know I got to get better at this. But, but think about it with your kids. You know, when you try to teach your kids and, and you're talking to your kids and you're communicating to your kids and you're correcting your kids and you tell them to do something, you want a response to, so they understand what you said. Okay, so that's proper communication. If somebody asks you to do something and you're talking with your spouse, it should be proper communication so they understand what's going on. So communication is really broken down into to three things, A, B, and C. I think we're just teaching today. I don't know. A, B, and C. Uh, it's called the, the action, the belief, and the consequence. So you have an action, you have a belief, and you have a consequence in communication. 
So the action is actually, you know, what you're speaking. That, that is the action. So that gives you something to, 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 to throw out there at them. And then the belief is what you thought about it. And because of what you thought about it, the C comes in, and that's the consequence. Okay, you see how that works? So you have an action, you have a belief, and you have a consequence. So if I came out here right now without, I should have brought one today, like, a, like either a super soaker or a, um, you know, a, a big Nerf gun. And I just walked out here with a Nerf gun. I started shooting everybody. That's my action. There's going to be some people that think that's hilarious. They're going to be like, oh, this is so fun. And there's going to be some people that are very frustrated because they're like, I don't want to get hit in the face with a Nerf. What are you doing? Okay, so, so same action, two different beliefs. One person's going to be frustrated. The other person's going to be excited and think we're having a blast. And because of that, there's two different consequences. So now you have the consequence of I'm frustrated. So it's going to lead to an argument or I'm having fun. It could be something good. So that's how you got to think about this. You have to think about it that way. So every communication in some way has different consequences for the way people believe it happens. So, you know, I don't even know why all these notes show up in here. Let's add it to sex, maybe. I don't know. So you show up in the bedroom and your wife's got her favorite flannel outfit on going to bed and she rolls over. (laughs) Men are like, oh, man. You know, what's going on? The wife could be like, man, he just never wants to do anything with me. And the husband's like, oh, here we go. Not going to do this again. So two different things. The wife's like, hey, why don't you get close to me? The husband's saying, well, look at the way she looks. It's the nonverbal communication. And she rolled over, so I guess I'll just roll this way. And all of a sudden, you have two different beliefs, right, and two different consequences. Now the husband's going to bed thinking, well, I guess not tonight. This isn't going to be good. And the wife's going to bed saying he doesn't even love me. See that? Two different, two different beliefs uh, when, when something happens. So we need to be very careful with that. So, and most of the miscommunication happens in the belief portion. That's it. The, the action's always the same, you know, but the, the miscommunication happens in the belief. So how do we work on that in our marriage? How do we work on understanding that, 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 that how do we communicate better to where the action and the belief line up with each other? Because that solves a lot of issues in life when they can when they can line up all right so let's give you another example um how about this uh you know um you walk in the house from work and you're on your phone and you're talking to work you know and your spouse says are you serious you just left work and now you're talking to work in your home right so she sees the action you're talking to work she believes Oh, I guess you don't even care that you're home because now you're on the phone again with your work and you just left work. So obviously you don't care. So the consequence is cold shoulder, uh, attitude, um, you know, rough, rough night leads to an argument. The other way is you can walk in on your phone and the wife can be like, oh, he's talking to his work. He must be getting something done. That's awesome because I know he's finishing up. Uh, And all of a sudden it's like, okay, great. So it's a good consequence because, you know, the wife's like, hey, this is cool. You're helping our future. We understand. Same action, two different beliefs, two different consequences. So, so we've got to get better at communicating uh, which one and what we're trying to do. So, so what you have to do is you have to start listening and hearing your spouse. So you have to know your spouse. You need to listen and hear your spouse uh, and what they're trying to communicate through some of their consequences or their actions. Because it can open up the eye, it can open your eyes to, to how to fix it, how to tweak it, how to make it better. So you just can't assume things, right? Because we all know that just makes us both look bad, 
right? So you can't assume. And we need to quit assuming what our spouse is thinking in this relationship. Or even if you're just dating, it's easy to just go, oh, well, this person and this person. Quit assuming and ask the question. It just It's communication. Find out what's going on. Find out the priority, the importance of it. Why not just ask a question instead of walking away mad? Right? So, so there's different things we can do in our marriage. And the biggest thing in communication is really the why are you communicating? This really gets me because there's really only two ways you really want to communicate. Some people want to communicate to really make a difference, and some people want to communicate to make a point. That'll get you. If you're just trying to make a point, it's useless because all you're leading into is an argument. But if you're trying to make an actual difference, if you're saying stuff that can make a difference and can help somebody, that's powerful. Okay, so, so we get caught up in this in our lives. We get caught up and, and we start, you know, walking through this. And, and when that happens and you start just trying to make a point, what happens is you start either, either building up or tearing down your spouse. You're like, well, what do you mean? We need points in our life. We need to make a point sometimes. Yeah, but if your whole purpose of the communication is just to make a point so you feel better, but it tears down the one you love, was it worth it? Was it worth it? So most people only want to make a point for that reason, is to feel better and prove that they know something. And that will destroy a marriage when you think you just want to prove to, in your marriage that you know something. This has to be a, a joint thing. So think about this. Here's an example of that. Um, go to use the car. Hey, wow, the car's out of gas. So, so what could the answer be there? Well, you drove it last. Why didn't you fill it up? You're just making a point. Like, wow, the car's out of gas. How about, hey, that's fine. We'll have to swing by and get some gas. Okay. Like, it's nobody's fault. But, but because we want to make a point, we, we try to throw the dart. <laughs> like, just want to let you know it's your fault. Like, it wasn't my fault. It was your fault. And it's our, when you start pointing fingers in a relationship, it hurts. And people get defensive. We're human. That's how it works, right? We get, we, we get, we get shocked by it. So, so, you, so there's no sense doing something like that, that that will cause negativity and influence people in a, a negative way around you. But here's the good part. All that stuff, just to tell you that the good part is, is that if you do any of those things, <laughs> if, if, if those are part of your communication styles, it can all change. It doesn't matter even if it happened this morning. If it happened this morning, it can change. You, know, you just have to invest in your marriage. You have to invest in your communication. Change can happen in your marriage when you take responsibility for what's happening and actually work together on it. See, it's just talking about it. You, you got to understand that, that your spouse, the one you chose, they're going to be the closest one to you. Okay, so if anybody can, can forgive you for something you've done, it should be your spouse. You've made that commitment. Till death do us part. Right? So that means that I should be able to come to you and talk about anything. So, so you need to talk about these things. Uh, and what things? Well, here you go. I did some research on what men and women complain about the most in their marriage. All right, this is what men and women complain about the most in their marriage. I'm going to start with the men first. So men, just buckle up. Because this is what happens. One of the biggest complaints with women, right, is how they are treated. They feel disrespected. They feel like they're just cohabitating with somebody. They feel abused verbally, physically, and emotionally. That's, that is just information that you can get off Google, pull it down. And when you Google these things, that, that is the, the biggest issue, okay, with females. That's what they say. And it's wrong. So if you're doing it, 
Stop it. Repent. Get some help. In fact, it, 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 <laughs> the, the church really tends to, to overlook this because we get counseling all the time. We do all kinds of things. They, they overlook this part. But in my, in my mind, if it's happening in the church and you know about it, then the men should go over to the guy's house. They should grab the guy, get him in a small group or a Bible study, and teach him a lesson. That's what they should do. And it could be a rough lesson or a good lesson. But that's what needs to happen because it shouldn't happen. Okay, there should be no abuse of your spouse, of your wife. And if it's happening, you have to stop it. I'm telling you, Ephesians 5, 25, Ephesians 5, 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So husbands, you have to love your wife. Build up your wife, not tear her down. You got to build her up. Because here's the problem. When you tear down your wife, that effect will last forever. Women don't forget. That's proven. <laughs> they can forgive, but they don't forget. Like they, they know every word you said. They know when you said it. It's stuck in their mind. It's stuck in their heart. And it's there. Like I said, once you speak it, you can't get it back. They remember everything forever. It's just how it is. Okay, so men, you've got to be careful about how you treat your wife. She's a treasure. She should be treated that way. So Ephesians 4, 9, 429. Ephesians 429, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So that's for both of you, but man, I'm talking to husbands. Man. The stuff that comes out of your mouth is to build her up. And I understand, I'm not saying there's not correction and there's not coaching and all that stuff, but it's got to be building them up, not tearing them down. So it's not what you communicate, it's how you communicate it. Because sometimes we're saying the right things, we just don't know how to say it. And we make it hurtful instead of helpful. Right? So we need, we need to work on that. So if you're tearing down people with your words, stop. Stop. It's not right. Just stop. You know, James 3, 5, and 6. I just love there's so many verses on talking and communication. I'm just going to keep going through. So James 3, 5, and 6, it says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and it's set, and it is itself set on fire by hell. Man, that's the power of the tongue. The power of your tongue can do that. It can bring life. It can bring death. How you use this, one of the smallest parts of your body. Life or death, out of, out of the words. And like I said, you can't get them back. Once you speak them, that's it. All right? And this is why I love texting <laughs> and emailing. Because when, when, when something happens, like I can start texting and be like, oh, then get all the way in and go, delete. <laughs> and I'm like, got it out of my system, didn't hurt anybody. Didn't mean I didn't feel that way, but that's part of, that's part of growing is we got to learn how to control what we feel. We're humans, 
right? So so I know that, that if I want to send an email, then I'll just type it all out, and then I'll hit delete. Now, don't hit the accident button and send it, and then you'll be searching everybody. Who can get this off my computer? <laughs> I need it back. How do you cancel that? You know, or you're doing a lot of apologizing, right? So, so, but that's a good way. I, I got to get it out of me. I got to, got to get it off my, off my lips. So I'm going to put it on, on something and then delete it and get it out of there. But it may, but here's the thing. It might seem like a small spark when you say it. It might be just a little comment. It might be something just real little, but it's just a spark in a forest. And you'll lose that entire forest from that one little thing you said. Because you don't, you don't realize that when you say something and it hurts somebody, you know it. You feel it, but you don't come back and apologize. You don't put water on it. You just walk away and go, man, I shouldn't have done that. And then it just starts flaming up. Next thing you know, you can't stop it. And it's just burning. It's just burning. So there's a, a study, I think it was uh, from Penn State. I talked about it last week where it talked about the brains of a, the left and right side with a man and a woman. And um, that same study said that a man's brain could actually flatline, stop, and blank out. Like, you're not even there. You know that feeling? Like all the women are laughing because they've seen their husbands in that state. Like, and, and that happens so that we can process stuff. So that, that's, that's natural. We just blank out because we're trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, like I said, we, we've got to figure that out so we can deal with stuff. Well, women's minds, they never shut off. They're constantly going. And you, they don't shut down. So therefore, you know, they've got, they really have to understand that, that if we set this, this fire in the forest and the forest burns down, that's like, that's like, um, it's like when you realize the words you're saying, it's causing corrosion in her mind. It's causing corrosion in her soul because it doesn't shut down. It starts wearing and wearing and wearing and it doesn't stop. Men can put it away. You know, we, we can get upset uh, for a second go outside see our car and come back in and go woo i'm good and you walk in and she's still upset and you're like what's going on like i was just cutting the grass too man it's awesome and the women is still basting in what you told them hours ago okay so so we shut down they continue continue to process so proverbs 29 11 says fools give full vent to their rage but the wise bring calm in the end so fools allow themselves to show their rage. So if you're showing your rage, the Bible says you're a fool. If you're showing your rage, you've got to be able to control that. But the wise bring calm and peace. See, see, that's the key, is if you're wise, you can bring peace and calm in a relationship. Proverbs 18.2, it says, Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. How many times have you done that where you don't even care what anybody else thinks? So you'll just blast them with your own opinion and you don't care what they say. Well, that's it. It says, guess what? The Bible calls you a fool. So in your relationships, you need to step back and go, wow, am I being a fool in my relationships because I have an opinion that, that I'm pushing out over my wife or over my husband? The Bible will call you a fool. Proverbs 18.7, it says, the mouths of fools are the undoing and their lips are a snare to their very lives. So if you struggle with words and you tend to cut people with words, it's a snare, it's a trap in your life and it leads to death. So you gotta be very careful about what we say. And if that's you, if you deal with all these things, the Bible says you're a fool and you need to stop. So I got a great piece of wisdom from Jim Paw. 
who is phenomenal in my life and he talks to a lot of our guys he does a men's group um but he said once he said if you ever think of something pleasant about somebody you need to say it like because there's all times like i'll think something of my wife like man she looks so good today and i'll walk out the door and it never came out of my mouth and i'm thinking no 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 so jim always reminds me hey when something pleasant comes to your mind about anybody Say it, text them, call them. That's good communication. That's, that's saying, I'm thinking about you, and this is what I'm thinking of. It's great. Well, that works opposite. If something bad comes to your mind, you don't call somebody and say it. You think about it. You ponder on it. You pray about it. And you say, God, is this something I, I, I need to say? And if so, then how do I say it so it's, it's not hurtful, it's helpful? See, those, those are two different ways that, that, that you can approach a communication. So ladies, you're, uh, you're not off the hook. So ladies, here we go. Yeah, take notes. The biggest complaint from men is that, that their wife thrives off negativity and conflict, nagging and being critical all the time. This is where all the guys are making eye contact with me. I love this. <laughs> They're all like, mm, I ain't turning my head, bro. <laughs> I'm going to stare you in the eyes, and we're going to get through this one slowly and surely. <laughs> but that's the biggest complaint from men is that, that their wives are nagging and critical. You know, in Proverbs 25, 24 says, it's better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Come on. Yeah, I got an amen in the room. All right. Brother, we got guest rooms. <laughs> but here's the thing. Think about that. How severe is that, that? That somebody, a man, would actually rather walk out on his roof in the weather we have today and live in a corner of his roof than live in a house with a quarrelsome wife. That's what the Bible says. That's words, words of wisdom out of Proverbs. That's pretty intense. I don't, I don't even go on my roof to clean the leaves off. <laughs> That's pretty rough stuff right there. Man. Proverbs 27, 15. It says a quarrelsome wife is like the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. Drip, 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 drip. In some countries, that's what they use for torture. <laughs> so think about that. And that's what they're saying. A nagging, quarrelsome wife. It's like the dripping. It's like torture to a man's ears. And the problem, ladies, is that nobody will tell you. The problem is your husband's not going to tell you. Your kids aren't going to tell you. Your friends definitely aren't going to tell you. Nobody's going to tell you. You're just going to be sitting in it. And it's going to cause conflict in your marriage. It's going to cause communication issues in your marriage. And you're not going to know how bad it is until it blows up. Right, so let's review this. So, so men are aggressive, abusive, and narcissistic. Some of them actually, some of them actually have the Peter Pan syndrome, right? Right, like they're never going to grow up. So, so you know, they, they're they're thirty and forty, and they act like they're twenty. I got some ooms on that one. Everybody's like, yeah. And that's rough. So, if that's you, you need to knock that off. That dies when you get married. Bible says the two become one. So you've got to put away 
the, the ways of being an individual. I'm not saying that you don't get to, like I said last week, I think I talked about it. It's not saying that you can't have hobbies and do things, but, but it is not all about you. All right, it's not all about you. If you still want to be a boy, don't go marry a woman. You just be single and be a boy. That's probably the greatest thing for you. Because if you try, if you marry a woman and you're trying to be a boy, all you're going to do is bring her down and her kids down. That's what's going to happen. So you need to grow up, spend some time by yourself, be a boy. Got quiet real quick. (laughs) Oh, man. So women are nagging and complaining all the time. That's the torture, the drip, drip, drip. And, you know, he just wants to go live on the edge of the roof. So why am I saying all this? Why, why have I compiled all this stuff and thrown all this stuff at you and said, there you go, we're all mess, right? And that's why, because both genders are guilty of miscommunication. Both genders are, are part of communication. Not one is worse than the other. It all comes together. It's all hard to deal with. You can't just blame your husband. You just can't blame your wife. We're in this together. We're all guilty. So this is why everybody here is equally in the same spot right now. So y'all need to pay attention. Nobody's tuning out going, that ain't for me. I'm good. No, it's all for us. And so, but how, so how do you fix it? That's the key. So if we know it, how do we fix it? And the key here is to identify with uh, the struggle in your communication. How do you identify the struggle with your communication? I'm going to help you. Because communications broke down into two forms of communication. Okay, you have logical and emotional communication. Logical and emotional. Logical communication, this is where information's passed. It's just very logical. It's like, I got to tell you something. It's like, is this blue? Am I wearing socks? Um, is the door shut? This is logical. This is just, it's like, it's like it needs to be said. It's there, I, there's nothing to it. It's just logic. Right? The other side, emotional, this is affirmation. See, in, in emotional communication is totally different. They're not looking for information. They want to know how you feel about something totally different right so you have these two types of communication and here's the problem if somebody speaks logically but the other person interprets it emotionally we have a problem there's going to be a difference because they're speaking just to ask a question and they're getting a ton of emotion and that'll throw you off that'll that'll get you in this tailspin so like a man here's an example so a man could say hey come home and go hey let's go out to dinner right you think that's that's hey do you, you know do you want to go to dinner should we go out to dinner logical yes or no a woman will take that as what well, you don't like my food you don't like my cooking like like what's going on like am i going to poison somebody so this is how they're thinking and you're going no 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 it was should we go to dinner i just wanted a yes or no but they took a logical question interpreted it as an emotional and now it just caused what a fight an argument Okay, so, so it's a logical question interpreted as emotional. So logical verse versus emotional. Like this, do I look fat in this dress? Guys, that's an emotional question. That's not logical. Don't pull out old photos. Don't start with the tape measure. That is one where you just go, no, ma'am. Looking phenomenal. Can we go eat now? <laughs> you know, I just wanted to go out and eat. That's it. Right? She just wants affirmation of how beautiful she is. So when she asks that, she doesn't care what she looks. She wants you to say how good she looks. So see how that helps? So if you know where they're coming, if you know what they're saying, 
then all of a sudden you can start making a difference in how you communicate, right? So if your husband comes home and says, babe, I just don't know if I'm doing a good job providing for the family. That's emotional. He doesn't want you to go, yeah, you know, you're right, because Steve down the road, he just got a huge pay raise. They got all kinds of stuff, and we're still sitting here and can't pay our bills. You know, it, it doesn't work that way. It's, this is affirmation versus information. Okay, and that's the two types of communication we have, so you can't mess that up. When you mess that up, leads to problems, leads to communication failures. <laughs> Problem is that when, when women ask a, you know, emotional question, men try to fit it into the logic machine and go, if I just type that in, it's going to give me something, and then that's the answer. It's how we operate, ladies. We, we, we're trying to keep it logical. We don't want to talk about all that stuff. So it's just it. And, when, and, you know, and when a man starts talking about you know, how hard his job is, like, oh, my job is so hard, and, and they'll talk about that, then, then they'll get on a stint of, of how they scored a touchdown back in high school, and they're like, man, remember when I was a stud, and like I was, I was the man, and it was all good? And what they want from the woman is affirmation. They don't want her to go, hey, you don't have a hard job, man. You sit behind a desk all day. And by the way, the touchdown you scored was 20 years ago. Get over it. Like, we got to worry about now. They don't want that. Okay, a man wants affirmation. He wants you to be like, hey, you know what, baby? You work so hard. I thank you for providing for the family. And I'm sorry it's so rough, but, man, we're going to get through this. And by the way, those touchdowns you scored, you're still my stud. You're still, oh, I remember those. I remember you telling those stories. You're still there. That's, that's words of affirmation, man. That, that is positive stuff. Um, but that's what they want. So let me give you a test. Let's see how you're doing. You guys are doing good so far. Here's your test. Is it emotional or information? So is it logical or emotional? So am I the best lover you ever had? That's emotional. Don't pause and think. Start being like, ah, let, me, let me question this one. We're not there. You know, where are my car keys? That's logical. You don't have to say where you left them, probably. Or I don't know if you'd ever hang them back up where they belong. You know, you're just asking a lot, like, have you seen them? Like, are, are my keys any, like, did you see? That's all I want. I don't want all the feedback about because I didn't hang them up in the spot you want me to hang them up every day. Just asking, did you see that I leave them somewhere, right? Man. So how about would you marry me all over again? Logical, no, <laughs> emotional, 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 right? Would you marry me? Don't think about those things, guys. <laughs> Helping you here. You know, can you imagine being with anyone else? <laughs> that's a trap when you hear that one. It's be like bells going off. That's, that's all emotional, right? So, so can you see how we have to work on this? So you, can you see how if we can start identifying something, is he asking a logical or is she asking a logical question or is it an emotional question? Because if you can identify that, you know how to respond. You know, you understand that you can cause a fight simply by just, you know, he's asking one simple question or she's asking a question. You turn it into something emotional. All of a sudden you just lit the fire. There's the spark. Okay, so that's how we're going to get over this. You know, my wife and I did really good the other day. I love this. I'm going to share this because I, I'm an idiot. And, and I, my, we had a water line break in the house, and I called a buddy of mine who is awesome, and he's like, yeah, I've got the, the, the crimpers you need. I'm like, thank you, man. I just need to borrow them because it's pouring and everything's closed. 
So, so I went out and I, and I got, his, and got his crimpers and I came in and I fixed the PEX pipe and did all that stuff. And I'm like, yay, but it was too late to take him back. So I just hung on to him and I said, I'll bring him to him again. So Monday morning, this past Monday, coming to church, I grabbed those crimpers and I, I was walking out there. I said, I'm going to take him to church and I'll just drop him by his house. And at the same time, I looked down and saw some boxes that need to go to the dumpster. And I'm like, huh, I'm not making two trips. Put the pliers in the boxes, walk out, put them in the car, come to the church. I'm like, do boxes in the dumpster and press on with my day. And he calls me on Friday night. Hey, bro, you got them crimpers? I got a job to do tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, they're in my car. And I spent an hour, <laughs> spent an hour looking through the house, looking in every car. I'm like, what did I do with them? Like, I don't lose, these are tools. Like, I love tools. <laughs> like, you don't lose tools. And I'm like, oh, and the whole time I'm walking around the house looking, I can feel my wife, like, radar in through the back of my head, knowing she's, like, on the edge of her seat just waiting to go, are you kidding me? Like, what is your problem? She's like, oh, so I'm sitting there going, oh, man. And sure enough, you know, I have to buy them some new tools. But, you know, I thank you, baby, because she could have torn me apart. And I had nothing to defend myself. I was, I was like, man. I had nothing going on other than you can just call me an idiot. But, but she didn't. So she just sat there knowing that, that I've got to, to, you know, we've got to pay that money and go buy some new tools for somebody. And I, the good part is, guys, that I get one too because I'm going to buy two. <laughs> that's why I don't have to borrow it anymore. So that's, my, that's my answer to all this. Look, I shouldn't have to borrow tools from anybody. So I just have to go buy all my own tools all the time, and then I'll be good. So biggest thing is both genders need to understand. And they, and they, they really need to understand that, that, that we are all different, right? So, and, and with being different, uh, we also need to understand we need to get better at this communication because we all need to be bilingual. See, we need to understand how to speak logic and emotion. Some of us only speak logic. Some of us only speak emotion. So our goal is to, to, to learn to grow, to be bilingual. We can speak both of it, logic and emotion, and that's going to get you through what you need to get through. Hmm. And that'll solve like a lot of your communication issues. So, so the key, the key is, are you speaking the same language and are you thinking the same language? Because I could be speaking one language and you're thinking the other. Okay, so that's the key to all that. Are you speaking the same language and are you thinking the same language? Man, I have a clock up. Oh, there it is. You guys doing good? Is this okay? All right, we're we're gonna keep going. So. Um, once again, I think most issues that we see are due to misinterpretation of the whole what I believe you said, and it ties into logic and emotion. So, um, so we need to first agree. Here's the biggest thing, I think, when we think about marriage. The first thing you need to understand is that you're married to somebody, and when you wake up in the morning, it's not their sole job in their life to make you miserable. Like, I believe everybody wakes up with good intentions. But if we wake up and we go, oh, man, they're out to get me. Like, like you know, women wake up, it's like their husband's sitting there twisting their little mustache going, ha, ha, I can't wait to mess you up today. Okay, that's not happening. We need to wake up with, with the right mindset that, that you love me, I love you. We're going to get through this today. That, that every day is another challenge. Every day needs more grace. Every day we're going to walk through something else. But if you already wake up with the wrong mindset, you're already walking into failure. Okay, so it, that's, why, that's why we say never go to sleep angry. Right? If you've got an issue, settle it before you go to bed. Because if not, what happens is the devil gets a foothold while you're sleeping. Then all of a sudden you wake up and you've got more issues. Because now you're thinking about everything. You're not only thinking about what he did yesterday. You're thinking about all that stuff he did 20 years ago. And you're like, hmm. Because you didn't solve an issue that night. 
And I know, guys, that's tough. You know, if you're like me, when I go to bed, I like to sleep. <laughs> that's where my wife likes to talk. <laughs> it don't make any sense. You can't put a pillow under my head and expect me to stay alive. Okay, it doesn't work that way. Like, but, you know, we're going to get through that. We're working through that. So figure out where you need to communicate, right, b- before you communicate. So, so here's the best way to fix communication is to study the other person, to understand your spouse. You need to understand your spouse. That's so important. Ephesians 5.29 says, after all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and cared for their body just as Christ does the church. So here's the thing. If you can love your spouse like you love yourself, you need to know your spouse like you know yourself. So it takes time. So you know your body. So men, go home, study your wife's body. (laughs) It's going to help you in all kinds of ways. Just saying. But you know your body, right? So you should know that much about your spouse. So there's plenty of things to look into. I'm not going to dive deep into these. I'm just going to throw them out there. One's personality. You know, we, we, do a, we use the disc here still, so the disc personality. But if you know the personality of your wife um, or your husband, you can understand kind of how to respond to what they say because they're wired that way. It doesn't give them an excuse, but it's how God made them, right? So, so like, like I'm a DI, so I'm directive, and then I have this I, which means I can talk a whole bunch. So, so, so I'm a talker, but I'm directive. So, so my wife is a C and a D. So my wife is very, um, she's very, she knows a lot of stuff. And, and she's not going to, she's critical. <laughs> she hates that. But she knows so much and she's just like, like she wants things done a certain way. And then her second highest is a D. So when our Ds collide, that can be horrible. It's like two rams coming together. Okay, but since I know her C, when she says something, it's like, that's not where that goes. Then I understand. That's my wife. I'm good. That's how she's wired. I get it. She's not saying it to be offensive. She's just correcting me. You know, that's not how you load the dishwasher. Like, I'm just trying to do something good. <laughs> like, you can reload it later, and that's what she does. She just comes back in behind me and reloads it. I'm like, whatever. You know, I try, though. I try. So that's, that's so important to understand the personality style so you understand you know, more about your spouse and how they're wired. It helps you with forgiving them. It helps you with walking through this with them. It doesn't mean they can't change. It just means that they should work on changing, but, all, but that's how they're wired. So that's just natural for them. The other thing is the five love languages from Gary Chapman. And we've talked about this many times. Five love, if you don't know what that is, you need to study that, especially if you're in a relationship uh, or if you're looking for a relationship. So important, love languages, they come up with gifts, acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, and quality time. And your love language is how you receive love. That's how you want to receive love. So that's how you're wired. Okay, so, so for me, I'm a words of affirmation and physical touch guy. So what that means is that I, I want to hold my wife's hand. I want to hug. You know, if you haven't noticed, I'm a hugger. Like when I'm in the church, I'm hugging people. Why? That's my love language. I feel love by, by that touch. And that's how I am with my wife, right? And words of affirmation is, is yeah, I, I don't mind a data boy every once in a while. It sounds pretty cool, right? I like that. That's good. But it also means I don't like criticism. See, that's the opposite of words of affirmation, the downfall, and that's the criticism. So when someone criticizes you and your love language is words of affirmation, you're like, uh, yeah, that, that hurts. I'm going to step back. 
Now, my wife, on the other hand, hers is quality time and acts of service. Two totally different things. So she likes it if I do something for her that she normally has to do herself. So it's like a blessing that I just, I just help her in something that she is normally her job, right? And the quality time is can we spend some time together with no electronic devices and just me and you and let's go do something. And, and that's awesome. So, so we focus on that. Problem is, is that we all focus on our own love language. So I think when I come home and I go, babe, you're doing an awesome job. And I give her a hug and she, I'm thinking, man, I'm filled up. This is awesome. Not her. She's like, yeah, so what? Words are cheap. Like, what's that mean? Like, you ain't do nothing. Take me out anywhere. Like, we're not doing any time alone. Well, right now we are because we have no kids. It's awesome. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that, is that we always speak out of our own love language. And what you're doing is you're speaking out of your love language, but you're not filling up their love tank. You have to speak your spouse's love language. So if I want to get my spouse to love me more, I've got to pour into her more. So I've got to focus on quality time, and I need to focus on um, our acts of service. And the more I do that with her, the more she's going to focus on my love language, which is physical touch and words of affirmation. She won't be critical with me. She's going to love on me. It's just how it works, but we mess all that up because we're always so focused on us. And in marriage, it's all about the other person. And if you spend more of your time focusing on your spouse and not how you feel, it's all going to change. Okay, that's the easy way to fix that. So the biggest thing is to find out what your gifts are. Take a gift test, go online, Google that. You can take a digital one online. It'll tell you what they are and then talk about them. Look, this is what we do in marriage counseling. This is what we do is we pull people in and we talk about these because they're so important. Because love is the number one thing. I mean, that's it. And if you can fill up the other person's love tank, it's awesome. They're only gonna wanna pour into you. So it's natural to love a different way. You know, that's, that's just natural. So don't worry about that. Everybody's different. So how do we fix that since we have different love languages? Well, first off, you need to work on it. So you need to work on you, okay, on, on understanding their love language. And then the other person has to have some grace and say, I understand you're working on it, and that's not your normal love language. So we'll just work through that. It doesn't mean that you just have an excuse and say, well, that's not how I was built. I'm never going to do anything for you. We're never going to spend time together because, well, that's just not me. That won't work, you know? And you're like, yeah, but we didn't talk about this before we met. This is stuff you actually talk about before you get married. This is all in premarital, premarital counseling. <laughs> so if you plan on getting married, this is the stuff that you come in with your fiance and we sit down and we go, you need to know everything about each other. And that'll give you a decision when you leave here whether or not you really want to do this. <laughs> because like I said, when you get married, what happens? When you're dating, you're lying. <laughs> You got your best you. You're like, come on, I always look this way. I always got my nice clothes on. I always smell this good. No, that ain't it. You're lying. So, so you don't find that out until you get married. So the goal is in premarriage counseling is, is to, to get the premarital counseling in so that you can start talking about all those things and figure out that you're not walking into a train wreck. Okay? But we use a lot of that stuff with couples as we walk through this. So studying your spouse is going to help with your communication. Because this is so true, and, and you've heard this before, but one of the top priorities for women in a relationship is security and, and unity and oneness. They want to understand that they're the only one. They want to have that, that security to know that, that, that you are it, right? And for men, see, men, it, it ranges. For men, there, there's respect, but there's also in the top of that is peace. Men want peace. They want things to be calm. They want a peaceful home. That's what men want. <laughs> that's why when men start communicating, they don't go any deeper than surface level. 
because they understand if they get past surface level, it starts getting deep. And when it starts getting deep, there's no peace because the women's brain keeps going. And the guys, we shut down a long time ago. We're, we're just sitting there going, what just happened? Like we were watching TV and everything was good. And then you asked me a question and now nothing's good. There's no peace. And we're not going to get out of this conversation until tomorrow. That's what's going on in our minds. So, so men keep it shallow because they, they, they like peace. They're just, and when that happens, all they're thinking is, how do I get back to where we were? Like, like how do we get back to watching TV? I'll do anything. How do, how do we get back to the TV show? Like, whatever it takes, I'll do it. That's because men want peace, okay? And women just want to know. They want to know that they're it, that it's the one. Man. So we're different, and it's okay. So just remember that. We're different, and it's okay. <laughs> I always remember the... The, remember women's brains it's a super highway two sides 14 roads and highways and 6 billion cars running back and forth with tons of information all the time alright that's a woman's brain and men yes we have the, the old country road okay we got one way to go we're good give me one two things I'm good and unless I accomplish that I'm not moving on anywhere but women can continue to process it so we need to understand that that's so important that you understand that we are different. Okay, so the big takeaway today. Ephesians 5. We did all this to get to the takeaway. Just saying. It's good. It's good when you get this far. So the big takeaway. Ephesians 5. We're going to go back to 25 through 27. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Blameless. Look, husbands, it says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And then it talks about what Christ did for the church. It says, he gave himself up for her. So husbands, you need to give yourself up for your wife. It says, for, for what? Why? To make her holy. So your job is to help make your wife holy, cleansing her and washing her with water through the word. You should be pouring into your spouse. You should be praying for your spouse. You should be reading the Bible with your spouse. You should be leading your family through the word. And to present her to himself. So, so he was going to present the church to himself as a radiant church. So you're going to present your wife to God as a radiant woman. That's your role as a husband in your marriage is to present her as a radiant woman without stain or wrinkle or blemish, but holy and blameless. And we are so good at planning things for, for five years from now and 10 years from now and 20 years from now. But, but we're looking at the wrong things. How are we planning for eternity? How do you plan on presenting your spouse to God for eternity? Because that's what truly matters. See, that's, that's, that's what really matters. We are in just a little time, a little bitty thing here called, called, called earth in, in this time zone of life. We only get, you know, you know, 80 to 120 years. That's it. So, so we're, we're so focused on what we're doing here, we forget about eternity. So how are you presenting your spouse to Christ? How are you preparing her for eternity? So are you eternal-minded or temporal-minded? Are you thinking about the now or eternity? So what do you need to do to make that happen?
That's the next question. And that can go both ways. I know it says the wife, but you know what? Sometimes I've seen a lot of families where, where the wife is the spiritual leader in the family. And yeah, we want that to change. We want the husbands to be the spiritual leader. But, but what's the wife doing right now to prepare her husband for that? Because you're in it together. This is not like you and me. Like you go do your thing, I'll do mine. We have to come together as one in a oneness in our communication and in, as a family. And how are we going to pursue God together so we can make each other blameless? That's what we're seeking after. So what's that mean? Maybe, maybe, maybe you need to sell something. Maybe there's something that you do as a hobby that's taking you away. And you know that's it. Maybe you need to get rid of that so you can spend more time with your spouse. Maybe you need to do some counseling. Maybe you say, you know what? We've never been to counseling. You know, marriage counseling is the best thing for your marriage. You should actually do it whether you're having problems or not. It is so good. Like, just go see somebody. It is good just to talk about stuff, to bring things back to the table. Look, it's easier to talk about the little speckles of dirt than it is to, to come dump a dump truck full on the table and go, how do you fix that? But if you come talk about it when it's small, it's easier. You need to pray together. Men, spend time with your wife and pray together. It means every day, pray over them. Not just pray for them. Pray over them. Let them know that they're one, that, that, that that's it, that they have security because you're praying over them. You're, you're, you're casting down heaven on them before they leave the house. You're putting a hedge of protection over them. Pray for them like you love them, like Christ loved the church. Study together. Get in a word together. Spend time reading it together. Watch a sermon together. Spend time together as one where everything else is out of the way and you can focus on the kingdom, focus on heaven, focus on the word. And worship together. Come on. You know, do church together. Worship together. Worship at home. Look, my, some of my greatest worship is when I'm in my house. And I can just crank up some worship music and just go at it. Well, that's something you can do with your spouse. So worship together. You got to remember, your responsibility is for your life, your spouse to love God more. Not to love you more. Not to love your kids more, their job more, none of that. Your job is to make your spouse and help your spouse love God more. And when we focus on that, like I said, when you get the oneness with God as individuals, everything else comes together. But you can't try to fix a marriage if you don't have a good relationship with God. It starts there. So you need an eternal mindset. So when you're fighting, when you get in an argument, as you go down that road, you need to really ask your question. Ask this question. While you're fighting, I want you to think about this. What does this argument have to do with eternity? Does it really matter? What are we fighting over? Because we're not going nowhere. Like, we can fight, but we've already made that commitment. It's a, it's a covenant. It's a, you know, we're in it. So, so we can sit here and argue, or we can go, what difference does this make in eternity? None, and let's get over it and press on. Let's forgive, and let's move on. This is why communication matters. It's more than just what's happening right now. It, it impacts your eternity impacts everything else so you have to treat each other with respect you need to study your spouse you need to assume the best in a relationship you need to be bilingual both logical and emotional right we need to 
focus on eternity and not just the next 10 years. Amen. Did you guys get something out of today? Come on. Good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, I want to pray today because, man, I know, um, man, relationships are tough. That's nothing new. No, don't show, try to show me a perfect relationship. I'll show you some liars. I don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, we all go through stuff. We, we, we all deal with stuff in a relationship. Um, so it's important that, that, that when we seek God, we also seek prayer. and we, we just give it to God. Because the one person that can fix it all is God. Look, look, we were, we were there. We were on the brink of divorce. We were done. We were done. Done, done. And we just surrendered it to God. And he just took over. And that wasn't easy. It wasn't like that was the answer that, that just poof the next day everything was good. No, it was a lot. But guess what? It became easier and easier and easier as we kept giving it all to God and saying, Lord, run with it. I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to surrender to you. You have your way in my life. I'm going to do whatever you ask me to do. I'm going to obey. I'm going to do what the Bible says to do. I'm going to pray. I'm going to read. I'm going to study. I'm going to fast. I'm going to obey. And man, he fixes it. So he has the power to do it. It doesn't matter how far gone you think it is. It's not gone. In fact, it's just a testimony. It's the start of a powerful testimony that you can use to change everybody else, to help everybody else understand how great and powerful our God is. I'm telling you, it's so good. So I want to pray for you, those relationships in the room that might be struggling, those that might be just having this big issue of communication. Maybe that's you. Maybe it's a, a power struggle. Maybe there's a bunch of nagging. Maybe there's a, some of this Peter Pan stuff going on. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's some communication that happened that, that we still haven't let go. And it's still just corroding our heart. So we need to let that go. We need to give that to God. We, gotta, we have to release that. You can't carry that burden. That's not for you. Okay, God says, give that stuff to me. Let me do the healing. Okay, but when we hang on to things and we try to do it on our own, it's no good. So maybe there's some of that here. Maybe there's some people out here with anger or frustration. And you don't know how to get rid of that. I want to pray with you. Man. I want to pray that the spouses, that you guys work together on this, that you get better and healthier on this. Healthier as a family, healthier as a couple. So if that's you, if any of this even touches skin, if any of this is hitting you, I want to pray for you today. Can you just raise your hand so I know who I'm talking to? I'll make sure as I'm praying, I'm praying for the right people. All right. Well, I got a couple in here, like two people need prayer. I love it. I'm going to pray. So, Father, we love you. Oh, God, we love you, Lord. And we thank you, God. Father, you see the hands in this room. You, you see the hearts of those that won't even raise their hand. Even though they want to, God, you see, you see their hearts and you know what they're, what they're dealing with, Father. You know what's going on in them. And Lord, we just, right now, Father, I ask you to touch them in a powerful way, God. I ask you to, to let the Holy Spirit just come on in. Holy Spirit, just be part of their marriage. Be part of their relationship, God. Whatever it is that's, that they need help with, Father, be it, uh, be it anger, be it issues from the past, whatever it might be, God. We, we just, Father, we surrender all that to you, God. Father, we're, we're, we want to seek you first, God. So I ask you to give them the desire and, the, and the, the urgency to find you, God, and then put you right in the middle of their marriage, God. 
Father, I pray just for forgiveness in this house. I pray that, that, that relationships are, are, are restored in this house, God. Father, that, that relationships are actually better than they ever were. So, Father, we can't do this on our own. We can't. And we need you, God. So we ask you to search our hearts. Anything that's not you, Father, we bind that up right now. Father, he says we bind on earth, we bound in heaven. And Father, we loose your peace, your comfort. Father, we, we just loose it on this place. We loose it on these individuals, these families, Father, on these marriages, Father. We just ask your peace and comfort to come in. Guide us, lead us, teach us, Father, how to be one with you. Teach us, Father, how to love. Father, I just pray that, that you touch each and every family in here. God, just do a, a miracle in their marriage. Father, we, just a miracle in their relationships. And those that are seeking, God, if they're seeking a relationship, Father, Father, point them in the right direction. Guide them in the right path. Help them establish priorities and, and, and a list of, of qualifications, Father God, of someone they're searching for. And God, we ask you to put them in their path. Father, let it be all of you, God, and none of us. Father, you have your way in this place. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For some of you, that first starts with that oneness with God. You can't do any of this without oneness with him, which means you have to surrender to him first. That's the number one thing. You know, we took communion today, and, and I said it then that, that, that we are all human, and, and we sin. That's, that's part of who we are. Humans, we sin, right? But you need to understand that the price of sin is death. That's what the word says. So, so the price of sin is death, and somebody has to pay that price. Okay, Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for sin for you if you accept him into your heart, into your life, if you accept to surrender to him. That's how he's going to pay your price. If not, you're, you're, you're going to find yourself paying the price for your own sin in your life, which will be death. So you need to surrender it all to him. So you can't move any further in relationships until you correct this relationship with God. So for some of you, that means you might want to um, submit your heart to God and, and commit to him for the first time. For some of you, it's just been a really long time and you just want to get started and moving again. You just want to recommit your life and say, you know what? Starting from here on out, I'm going to recommit my life to him. See, Romans 10, 9, 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You've got to believe it in your heart. You've got to say it with your mouth. And if you do that, then, then he has just accepted the penalty for your sin. So then you can worry about the, what eternity is going to be like. <laughs> Looking at his face. Think of that over a billion years, eternity in his presence. So whatever you have bowed, every eye closed, if that's you, you're in here. And maybe you want to start a fresh new relationship with God. Um, maybe, maybe you're someone who never has actually accepted him in your life and, and you don't know what that's like and you want to do it for the first time. Could you just raise your hand so I can say, I'm not going to call you out. I'm just going to see who I can pray for while I'm in here. I see it. I see it. One. Good, 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 good. I see it. I see it. Good. God is moving in this place. Come on. I love it. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to say this as a church together. Uh, we're just going to pray this together, and you can pray it online. And, but just repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do it on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my Savior. 
I know you died on the cross and rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, y'all. We are filling up heaven every single Sunday. I absolutely love it. I love it. I know people said that prayer online. I know people said it in this room. Look, if you didn't raise your hand, but you said it, look, we want you to let us know just so we can help you. So there'll be a connect card. Just fill it out. Let us know. Check that you did that. Check that you recommitted. Because here's the thing. You're not in this alone. I don't want you to go through this and go, well, great. I gave my heart to Christ, but now what? We want to help you through that. We want to say these are the next steps. We want to connect you with a pastor, connect you with somebody that can help you through that. Uh, it's an easy process, but we just want to help you. We want you to know your love. So fill that out so we know. Um, and this way we can just, uh, man, we, like I said, we want to contact you. So I appreciate you all. I'm going to turn it over to Kevin so he can come up and handle it from here. I love you all. See you next week. So I get the privilege to uh, take up offering. You guys already know me, so. But uh, I just love Destiny Church and y'all's heart to give. Is that better? You know, I love to give, and I know you guys love to give. And uh, before we get into giving... I want to show you some of the fruit of y'all's labor, some of the fruit uh, that's come from your giving. As you guys know, in the month of December, we decided that we were going to get these uh, orphans some shoes. We decided as a church, and it's awesome because it started at, on the uh, 252 Kids and the DSM, our student ministry. We, you know, they started this. And then, of course, you guys got involved and backed them 100%. We were able to give to these orphans. And I just want to show you, uh, you know, because I try to tell you every week, but I want to show you some of the fruit uh, of your hard work and of your giving. All right, so if we can play that video, if it's up there, I want to show you real quick. Um, I'm going to stop talking and we'll watch it together. Someone put your hands together. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. I just love that, y'all. I don't know about you, but I love that. I, I have a ton of more videos. I have a lot of videos uh, that I've uploaded, and I'll be able to share with that. Uh, maybe we'll put it on the website. I don't know. We'll figure out a way to get all those videos to you. Uh, but there's some of the videos where you see them with their normal, like, they kind of look like Crocs, like just rain shoes, because it's pretty much mud, you know. Um, and so it was so awesome to see some of the younger or older girls, they were actually able to get some heels. <laughs> and DJ's like, that's weird. And I'm like, DJ, you don't understand. They've probably never seen heels. And they're like, I want some of those. You know, they're teenagers and they've never had that. And so that's like their, you know, Sunday morning best. And I'm, listen, y'all, that was you guys. Like that is what you did in the, in the kingdom of God. You 
completely changed their lives. And I just want to give one more clap for you guys. I'm just so thankful for all of you. And I just want to thank God because it was, it's just an amazing blessing to be a blessing. Uh, It's just an amazing blessing to be a blessing. Okay. I do have a few announcements. Uh, We are switching our giving platform. Okay. So we are giving, uh, we're changing that. Uh, so if you had a recurring payment before, uh, you need to log back into your uh, to the Destiny Church website. You need to get back onto that giving platform uh, and cancel that recurring giving, okay? And then you can re- redo it on our new giving platform. But basically, we're changing a lot of the management stuff here at the church, uh, and it's really because we're trying to be good stewards, good stewards of what we have as a church. It was costing about $7,500 just to use that giving platform. All right, and that's a ton, and now we're, man, we've cut that down so much, and we're being able to save that money and to invest it in, in bigger and better things. And so that's one of the reasons that we're switching our giving. Uh, but also, now we can text to give, y'all. Come on, that's awesome, right? I know some of your older people are like, I don't even know how to text. But, uh, <laughs> but almost everybody knows how to text, so it's really, really easy if you want to give through text. Uh, there it is. You just text the word give uh, to that number right there. That's 833-507-0558. It's really, really easy. And then you go through the steps and you can give that way. Uh, you can still give on the kiosk. It was pretty awesome. Pastor DJ uh, hooked that up for us. So you can actually still give there. Uh, and of course, always we'll have our ushers as you leave today on the doors and you can give that way. But I want to encourage you today. I want to tell you I'm so grateful for you guys. I'm so thankful to be part of Destiny Church and call you my family. So let's just pray as we get ready to go and as we get ready to worship our God with our giving. Father God, we just thank you today. God, we love you. We thank you that we get to be a blessing, Father God. We thank you that we get to be a blessing. We thank you for everything that we have, God. We thank you that we have vehicles, Father God. We thank you that we have houses, God. We thank you that we have health, God. We thank you, Father because you are such a good, good father to us, Father. We thank you, God. We love you, Father. God, we thank you again for allowing us to be a blessing, God, to these children half across the world, God. You've allowed us to be a blessing to them, Father. And they appreciate it, God. And I just thank you, Father, that you've given us that privilege to bless those young orphans, God, in Africa. God, thank you. And I know that you're doing so much more, Father God. I thank you that you are moving in this place, God. I thank you that you are moving the hearts of this church family, God, to bless, Father, your people. Father, I thank you, and I bless them in the name of Jesus, God. Right now, Lord, I ask that you would multiply, Father God, that you would bless them, God, as they're obedient with their tithes, they're obedient with their giving, that you would bless them, that you would open up the doors and the windows of heaven, God, that you would bless their minds, God, their souls, their spirits, God, not just financially, but emotionally, God, in the relationships, Father God. Would you just start to show up in their lives in a mighty and tangible way in the name of Jesus, Father. I bless them in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. All right. God bless you guys. We will have our prayer partners up here. If you need anything, if you need any type of prayer, we'll have our prayer partners up here. And we hope to see you guys next week. We love you. God bless you.